Uh, he made Anthony Lee Rendon look like a child. He made um, Anthony Rendon look like he doesn't really want to play baseball very much. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Welcome back to Royals Weekly. I am your host, Marcus Mead, and joining me as always, a man who thought Corporal Upham was the real hero of Saving Private Ryan, my brother Mike. Well, I'll tell you what, it wasn't Matt Damon's character. You know that, <laughs> right? I, you know, Upham was a guy put in a, an impossible situation who was not equipped to be there. You know, I'm not putting I, that on him. I'm not. Right? I was so angry with him. I don't know if anybody's. This may be an outdated reference. Maybe nobody's seen this movie. If you haven't, go watch it. You'll be so mad at Corporal Upham when the moment comes. You will. Uh, you will hate him. But uh, he is, you're personally you're responsible to. for the death of many of his uh, fellow <laughs> soldiers. <laughs> yes, uh, and it's hard to watch at times. But uh, yeah. yeah, Mike. Mike loves him. Mike idolizes the guy. Anyway, <laughs> on this week's episode. <laughs> Does anybody we'll discuss, idolize that guy? <laughs> I don't know. We'll discuss what we've seen from the Royals so far in spring training because, hey, we've been watching some baseball games. We watched a baseball game. We listened to a couple others. But anyway, we've had some games to talk about. We'll also provide a way too early roster projection, and we'll discuss what we're looking for in the next week ahead in, in Cactus League action. But first, we want to say a big, big thank you to everyone who has subscribed to our newly launched Substack. It went so well this week. We've been having so much fun interacting with people. The response has been fantastic. Just a reminder for those who haven't, for $5 a month, you can get an ad-free midweek episode every Thursday morning, a newsletter every Sunday morning, and additional articles when we feel like posting fan giveaways, mailbag priorities. I think this week we posted every single week, every day of the week, an article, and some of them were actually pretty good, I think. And so, uh, yeah, if you're interested in more Royals content from us, give that a look at uh, royalsweekly.substack.com. Okay? That's royalsweekly.substack.com. Dot com. I'm excited for our first giveaway. I want to talk yeah. about that when we're done today. Okay. We'll talk about giving, giving some of our very, very limited stuff away. Okay. Uh, <laughs> also a reminder, Royals Weekly is brought to you by Eric Oxer of West USA Realty. Phoenix has all of our favorite things, year-round golf, year-round baseball, and Eric Oxer of West USA Realty. Whether you want to buy your dream retirement home or just stay a while and catch spring training, Eric can help you find the perfect house for you. We've known him for 30 years and trust him far more than we even trust each other. I'm pretty sure that half of the wardrobe you own is just clothes that used to belong to me. <laughs> and true. that is a 100% fact. That listeners. is not a lie. I, a lot of my clothes used to be Mike's. <laughs> he gets too, how do we say this, hefty for them, and then I just inherit them. Anyway, it's called stealing. <laughs> uh, Eric does long-term rentals for the snowbird crowd and home sales and purchases for those who want to stay a while longer. Are you a baseball player or parent who needs a place in the Phoenix area? Eric will find you the perfect spot fast. Want to spend your days shanking golf balls into the great beyond? Eric knows the golf scene like Mike knows the cold, sobering reality of waking up in the county next to a guy named Dutch who has no shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> I should have named my kid Dutch, man. Yeah, you know he's going to be cool if he's a Dutch. Find Eric online at ericoxer.com if you can figure out how to spell his name. That's E-R-I-C-K-A-U-X-I-E-R.com. Or just shoot him a text at 480-383-9745. That's 480-383-9745. Even if you're just curious about what he can do for you, he's 100% no pressure. One of the best people we know. 
and he always looks both ways before crossing the street. He's a safety first kind of guy, people. Safety a safety first. first kind of guy. Safety first. We'll start this week's review with roster news because we actually we're getting back into the rhythm of, of episodes. It's back to the old sort of, you know, rhythm of, of episodes. I like it. I like this back to the familiarity. We only had one bit of roster news, though, this week, really. <laughs> Uh, that is that the Royals signed veteran catcher Austin Nola uh, to a major league contract and then moved Chris Bubich to the 60-day IL, which he was going to go to anyway because he's not done rehabbing. Mike, what are your thoughts on the Royals bringing in another veteran at a position where it looks like they're kind of full up on the major league level? It's, it's somewhat interesting because I feel like they did this as well with the bullpen kind of. And they even did it in some instances with the uh, ordinary like position players as well, but... Last year, there were a couple of guys who got got playing time at this position in Cropley and Logan Porter. And you thought, well, okay, if they got major league time last year, they're probably comfortable again with them this year. But I think what this tells us about that is that they aren't. They aren't comfortable giving sustained playing time to those two guys. And I think they probably think Kale Emshoff is still probably a little bit far off. Um, Luca Tresh, I think, will be in double A this year. But I don't think they think there's a guy who, if... Fermin goes down or if Salvi goes down or if somebody gets traded or something like that, I, I think they're more comfortable going to an Austin Nola who has shown the ability to have success minus some of the injury things that have happened to him. I think they feel more comfortable with his defensive ability and his offensive upside than a Logan Porter and a, and a Tyler Cropley. So it was a little surprising to me at the beginning because we did have guys that have major league experience who will be in AAA this year. But, you know, I think it says, hey, we are more comfortable having a guy like Austin Nola. And it might say something like, hey, if Salvador Perez gets traded and in the middle of the year, they're set. They don't have to go out and find somebody else. They don't have to bring up a Logan Porter or a, a Tyler Cropley. They can they can still be set at the catching position at the major league level, even if Salvi doesn't make it all the way through the year. Yeah, it might be a little bit redundant. At first, I was like, okay, this is a little bit redundant. And I was worried a little bit that they were going to, take plate appearances away from Freddie Fermin and give them to Austin Nola, which I think is a bad idea. And I hope that does not happen. That's my only concern with this deal. Otherwise it's like, whatever, you know, uh, Nola has an option left. And I think because of his service time can be optioned down to AAA, And so he can just sit there for depth. They have already signed Sandy Leon as well. And so I don't know what the plans are at AAA catching wise, but to carry four catchers, if you're going to carry Porter, Cropley, Nola, and Leon would be a little bit wild. I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're probably going to send maybe Cropley to double A or Leon to double A or something. Um, and so we'll see who ends up where. But yeah, I think you're right. I th and, and I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm not concerned. I'm a little bit perplexed a little bit by the notion that they don't want Porter in, in Major League Baseball. I thought he played pretty well in Major League Baseball last year. You know, I thought he might serve pretty well as triple A depth. But if they want a guy like Nola, who you're right, is a little bit more proven, who, yeah, he's got a little bit more of a track record. He is a little long in the tooth, like 34 years old at this point, but decent athlete behind the plate, you know, will give you a professional plate appearance, all that sort of thing. That's fine. It's not a huge deal. It's cheap. Whatever. It's kind of my attitude towards it at the moment. Um, on the field last week or this last week, uh, the Royals played three games and went two and one in those games. Not that it matters. This is the Cactus League. So who, who cares at all? Uh, but it was great to just have baseball back again. It was great to hear baseball. It was great to see baseball. All those sorts of things. Great, great to have it back. There were a few standout performances. Mike, I know it's early. 
but do you have any general thoughts about how the team has looked so far? Yeah, the, the offense hasn't really uh, turned it on as much as you might think for for Arizona or as much as you, we might have wanted to see. You know, if you're saying, hey, it's just the Cactus League, well, but you'd still rather see offensive success instead of not success, right? Um, so a little bit concerning there, but not too concerned. I think it'll eventually guys will get going and things like that. But I mean, Cole Reagans and Bobby Witt Jr. have looked pretty damn good. Bobby Witt Jr. has only played in one game, and I don't think they gave him credit for a hit, but he had two really hard hit balls, one when he was robbed on and one one he got on base for. I guess they must have called it an error. And then he had a defensive gem as well. Uh, and Cole Reagans today looked dominant. Uh, he made Anthony Lee Rendon look like a child. He made um, Anthony Rendon look like he doesn't really want to play baseball very much. Hey. <laughs> Which if you've been following what's been going on, he might not. Actually, I, I'm one of those weird people who is completely okay with what oh, Anthony Rendon said. I am too. I am completely too. okay. If you didn't hear, it's okay Rendon if your job said, is just your job. There's no problem. My faith in my family is more important than this job. And normally people are like, "Yeah, that's a good thing." But apparently, if you're Anthony Rendon and you say it, you're an asshole. I don't know. But um, <laughs> Cole Reagans made him look silly today. Yeah, and did. that was cool to see. He looked just. I mean, Reagans looked like Reagans did last year. He looked dominant. Whereas, you know, we were, I was maybe hoping it's hard to tell because we couldn't see it, but I was hoping for maybe a little bit more from the things I've heard about Daniel Lynch's start the other day. You know, I really want to see what he brings later on, but no, not a lot to tell other than the offense has been subpar and those two guys have been really good. Yeah. The, and it's expected, right? It's to be expected. The old saying is the offense always behind the pitching to start spring training. That's sort of conventional wisdom that the offense comes around later. Hit, hitters are always behind pitchers when it comes to spring timing, training, or at least to start because of timing, right? Like they're, they're just now facing live pitching for the first time, you know, so they, it's going to take them a minute to get their timing down. That's what it looks like for some of these guys. You saw uh, Vinny Pascantino take three plate appearances today, I think because he's tired of his timing, not being real good. He saw it from a couple other guys too. And so, uh, yeah, that's, that was bound to be the case. I'm a touch uh, troubled by the number of walks that the Royals have given up so far this year. They gave up seven in the first uh, game, seven in the second game, and three uh, today. Reagans didn't give up any, which was great to see. He was intentionally pounding the strike zone, which I love. Um, but, yeah, it's been a little bit of a walk fest. We saw some walks from Marsh, two and in two innings. We saw some walks from, from, walks from Lynch. Those are sort Brents. of things. Uh, Brents, of course, had like four or three or four walks. It was a it was a lot of trouble throwing strikes early in camp. Which we know the Royals are trying to get guys in here who don't walk people. We haven't seen Walker or Lugo yet. Lugo will pitch tomorrow, but uh, I'd like to see that those walks start uh, diminishing as they get used to facing hitters from other teams. Yeah, and we haven't walked much ourselves. You know, it's no, still really not. early, but um, yeah, I'd like to see us pass out more walks and take more ourselves. Uh, not really enough games to pick strong or weak performers. We only had three, but I'd like to do sort of a stock up, stock down kind of thing, Mike. Who's who are you? Who are a couple players you're looking at who you think have helped their stock early in spring training through these first three games? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk. I mentioned Drew Waters first because he had the home run in, in his I think first at bat, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in that very first game. Now Waters had a hit today as well, but if you go back and you look at maybe his second at bat today. You can see shades of vintage Drew Waters where he struck out uh, looking at a third strike. So, yes, we know Waters can hit sometimes, but I really want to see what are some of those at-bats looking like that maybe he doesn't even get hits on. You know, like what what are those plate appearances really looking like? What does the approach really look like? Has he created a, a situation where he doesn't go into massive slumps? 
where he's taking uh, really good plate appearances, or is it same old, same old Drew Waters and he's just in a hot streak now and and we'll see later on. So got to see more from him, but it's been good so far. Michael Massey had a big uh, triple the other day, I believe. So, and he's still playing good defense as well. So that was good to see. Then I got to throw this in there. Peyton Wilson, a guy that you and I both like, had a big double the other day and some really good uh, work at second base in the game that he got some time in. So Peyton Wilson, Michael Massey, Drew Waters, all look like their stock's probably going up a little bit, uh, but still very early. Yeah, I'm going to talk mostly about, I'm going to talk all about pitchers, you know. Yeah, I saw you did that. I was going to mention Veneciano, but you got him first. Well, those are the guys who we're really seeing right now. Like, we're really getting the chance to see them more. Even if it's just one outing, even just a couple innings, you're getting to see more of them than anybody. I was super impressed with Jonathan Boland today. I thought he pitched really, really well. I thought his his fastball looked real hard. He generated some ground balls, got some strikeouts with that slider. He looked really good. I didn't get to see Anthony Veneziano, but it sounded like he was on top of stuff. Sounded like he pitched really well from what I've been hearing and that sort of thing. And then my dark horse candidate, my boy, he's slowly becoming my boy as a relief uh, as a relief prospect. Walter Pennington uh, pitched really, really well. He struck out the side in his only inning, right? A uh, guy who not flashy in any sort of way, but might just be a dependable mid mid reliever uh, for a while in Major League Baseball. So uh, I'm, I'm interested to see more from Pennington, from Veneziano and from Boland. But yeah, I'd say their stock's up right now. I'll just mention Matt Sauer as well, because I think he also struck out the side in the inning that he pitched. I think he gave up an unearned run, but I think he did get three strikeouts. So I, I'm really curious to see him pitch just because I haven't ever seen him really pitch an extent in an extended role at all. You know, I can see clips on YouTube, but I've never gone out and watched a minor league game of Matt Sauer. So uh, I'll be interested to see him for the first time. Oh, I have. It's 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 worth a watch. Uh Anyway, uh, anyone else who's who's helped who's not helped their stock this week, Mike? Anybody who kind of needs to pick it up a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he needs to pick it up, but uh, Garrett Hampson hasn't had the best of weeks. He's played more than just about anybody. He ha- he's played in two two full games. He has, I think, I think he has six at bats, which might lead the team so far. He's zero for six. I'm pretty sure with uh, three strikeouts. So not three strikeouts, no walks, zero for six. So not not covering himself in glory at the plate. You know, he played center field today, didn't didn't make any mistakes or anything. So that's good. But want to see what he can do with the bat a little bit more. So uh, watching Garrett Hampson moving forward. Yeah, I was not. Today was the first look I've gotten at Garrett Hampson. uh, A close look anyway. I was not super impressed with his plate appearances. I was not super impressed with his ability to get the barrel to the ball. It was it didn't look great today. Uh, Maybe it's just early in camp and, you know, he's got some stuff to work out. That's fine. Uh, but it did not look great today. Um, another guy who is like not, I wouldn't say like stock super down, but he had a chance to come out and prove that he was not going to walk a bunch of people. And he came out and he walked two guys in his lone inning. That's Alec Marsh. Two innings. Uh, two innings. Sorry. Two innings, two walks. Um, he didn't end up giving up any runs, which is great. And he got some strikeouts in there too. So that was nice to see. Stuff still looks really, really good. But you know he wanted to come out and sort of imprint in, in the coach's mind, this guy's not going to walk people. And he went out and he walks with people. And so I'll be keeping my eyes on him a lot throughout spring training to see, like, is he making the concerted effort to throw strikes? Is he finding out, uh, figuring out a way to prevent home runs and that sort of stuff? It'll be huge uh, to see that sort of thing. Because, like, Mike, you mentioned last time in our last episode, or was this our midweek episode? Now I'm getting all of our episodes confused. Um you mentioned in one of those last two episodes that you were keeping your eyes on the second tier starters. And yeah. I saw Bolin and I saw Veneciano stand out. Marsh, one of those second tier starters as well, didn't exactly stand out. And so 
It'll be an interesting Z- to see Zerpa how... Zerpa struggled a little too. Uh, yeah, but Zerpa did the thing he's supposed to do. He got four ground balls. Some of them just found holes, right? Yeah. Like, he didn't walk anybody and that sort of thing. Like, Marsh, the guy who we were hoping takes a step forward in terms of walks and home run prevention, didn't exactly do that. He didn't give him a home run, which is great. He didn't give up any runs, which is great. But I'd like to see him cut back on the walks a little bit. Royals Weekly is brought to you by All In Physical Therapy. For one-on-one personalized physical therapy, we choose All In Physical Therapy. They took excellent care of our mother after surgery left her with pain and limited mobility in her arm. She loves to work out and be active. When people say the sky's the limit, they don't mean for people like mom. For her, something like the sun is the limit. The, or, you the know, sun. Yeah, the, the, the heavens are the limit. The, you know? the Andromeda galaxy. There. Uh-huh, the there we go. Her, really. The excellent specialized care she got at All In Physical Therapy had her back to being active in no time. And one day she'll find a way to even get past that. Right. You know, I'm talking the black hole at the center of the, the galaxy is the limit. All right. Mm-hmm. All in physical therapy knows how to help athletes recover. It's owned and operated by Lee Summit's own Tommy Freebert, a former Arena League football player, Northwest Missouri State Bearcat, and a hell of a guy. They have offices in both Blue Springs and Lee Summit, so get over there to work with Tommy. Tell your doctor you want to do your physical therapy with the best of the best at All in Physical Therapy. To learn more, give them a call at 816-427-5300. That's 816-427-5300. Or visit their website at allin-pt.com. That's A-L-L-I-N-PT.com. It's still super early in spring training, but there's nothing better than some wild speculation early in spring training. So we're going to spend this week's spotlight segment taking our first crack at a roster projection. Mike put up a, a roster projection on our Substack as well, and this one adheres pretty much exactly to it. But that was written a little bit a little bit ago, before the Nola signing, and before we got to see anybody before Schreiber. in before, Oh, before Schreiber even? I think I thought, so. I think Schreiber was on there. Um, did I get sure. Schreiber on there? I think I had maybe. to go back and edit it. Maybe, oh, yeah. maybe, maybe. But this gives us a chance to actually discuss it, dig into why certain guys made it and certain guys didn't, and talk about who just missed our list as well. So let's start with the pitchers. Mike, who do you see making it among the starting pitchers? Well, I think this one's probably maybe this might be the easiest one. Uh, Cole Reagans, Michael Walker, Seth Lugo, Brady Singer. And then we're going to go with the likely candidate in Jordan Lyles. Yeah, I know some fans may not like the Lyles thing, but I think that's the most likely outcome. And honestly, I'm going to reference a tweet made by our good friend Alex Duvall today. He put out some like bold predictions. They weren't even bold. They were just predictions for the uh, upcoming season. And one of them was Daniel Lynch. Is, will no longer be a starter in Major League Baseball. And, you know, people are talking about Lynch as Lyles' main competition for that fifth starting spot. And I just don't, like, I have been given no evidence or indication, not a news report, not video, nothing, that his stuff is taking any sort of step forward. Nothing. Nothing at all. So well, I don't see what, how, how he's going to how he's going to win that competition, honestly. J- just just for transparency, also in those predictions was that Jordan Lyles has success in the bullpen. So Right, right. <laughs> so, yes. you know. Yes. So I don't know who he thinks could be completely the right, starter is going to be. But yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah you could yeah. be, right. Uh, and, and the thing is, I think a lot of people will sort of take that role on as injuries happen and ineffectiveness and that sort of thing. But in my mind, this is the most likely outcome to crack the opening day. And they'll have a fifth starter, I think, immediately because they need one, like, nine days into the season. Uh, I don't think it's, it's like in years past where off days would give them a chance to go through the rotation two or three times before they needed a fifth starter. I think they're going to need one relatively soon. So I imagine it's these five, Mike, what are your think? What's your thinking on whether or not Lyles 
makes it, doesn't make it, deserves to make it, all of those sort of iterations. Yeah, I think barring injury, I think he probably is the fifth starter. It would require somebody like a Veneciano, a Zerpa, a Lynch, a Bolin, a... I don't, I don't even know if they would even consider Bolin, honestly, because he just hasn't had that much time in AAA, really. I mean, he's coming off of the injury two years ago, and I just don't know if, if that's going to happen. And so I think it's Lyles, but I, and, and I talk about like a creative solution in the uh, weekly wrap up that we did that came out this morning. Um, but I just, I think they're going to kind of have Lyles in there and then get creative with what they do behind him on those days, a la what they did with Zach Grinke last year. So we'll kind of see how that works, but it would take somebody really stepping up this spring to take that job from Jordan Lyles, I think. All right, we'll move on to the bullpen a little bit, and this is where things get a lot more confusing and a lot more poss- there are a lot more possibilities, and it's all just a crazy nightmare, as always, in the bullpen. Uh, for the bullpen, we're going with Will Smith, Nick Anderson, who pitched really well today, Chris Stratton, James MacArthur, Matt Sauer, John Schreiber, Carlos Hernandez, and Angel Zerpa. Mike, what are your thoughts on that as our eight bullpen guys, our eight relievers to start the year? Well, the, the very first thing that I noticed when you had that up there is Carlos Hernandez. Uh, Andy Rogers came out with a report yesterday that he's dealing with a shoulder issue, and that's why we haven't seen him yet, and he hasn't pitched off a mound in a couple weeks. And I think they said that his first bullpen will be in the next couple of days. So that will help. That will determine if he's in that, you know, the health of that shoulder will determine if he's in the bullpen when they break camp or not. If, if he isn't, if he hasn't had enough opportunities to work, he may be an extended spring and we'll see another one of those guys up there until he's ready to go. But other than that, I like the thing. I think Zerpa's a good person to keep in there, even with Matt Sauer. I know there's some people who are like, well, Matt Sauer's your long guy. You don't need Angel Zebra. Well, Zerpa is left-handed and he would only be the second left-handed guy in the bullpen. So I think he works out as a positive because you can pitch him in a one or two inning stint if you need to, but you could also say, okay, we need you to pitch three or four because somebody didn't go get out of the first inning or whatever like that. And then you also have Matt Sauer, who I think can almost fit in that role too, because his best pitch is a slider and he gets strikeouts. So he, I think he could go in shorter stints too. So kind of having two guys like that, helps cover up a lot of um, possible issues, I guess. Um, and so I do like that group. I love John McMillan. And you guys know I'm kind of on the Dan Altavila thing. That was kind of my bold prediction that he would he would make this bullpen at some point this year. I still like that. But, um, yeah, I, I, think, I think that's a solid group. I mean, really, think about it. There's only going to be two or three guys in this bullpen that were even in the bullpen at all last year. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that's wild to think about, but that is probably the case. Uh, and sixty percent of, of your starting rotation wasn't your starting rotation at the beginning of last year, too. By yeah. the way, so which it should be the case when your pitching staff was as bad as this one was last year. So correct. Uh, I, I will say this about Hernandez: I think Matt Quatera came out and said they think he'll still have five or six chances to make appearances in spring training, which would probably be enough for him to go out and pitch in one inning of relief like he typically does. Uh, in May, in, to start the year. So I think he could still be on the opening day roster uh, with what he's got so far, but we don't know. We, we don't know what direction it could take. We don't, we have no clue. And so injury will be a factor for all these sorts of things. The relievers who just missed this list for us, the obvious one, John McMillan just missed. No, he was tremendous for the Royals last year in the very few uh, outings he had real uh, rocket ship through the minor leagues last year, but 
he has options, and that often means a guy is going down. Dan Altavilla, Sam Long, Tyler Duffy, Will Klein, my boy Walter Pennington, and Jake Brents were also on the just miss list. But if you look at that list, what it also says to me is that this bullpen will have way more depth than it had last year, right? Like, because any of those guys might, you know, be a every single major one of those guys could have pitched on this bullpen last year. Oh, every for single sure. one. We didn't even throw sure. Evan Sisk, who got major league time last year. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's he's also Josh there. Taylor's also not on here. Oh yeah, my bad. he also Josh got Taylor. major league time last year. Yeah. So yeah, there are guys who you know, we're on who pitched in this bullpen last year, who probably will have a difficult time getting there this year. And there are a whole bunch of guys who are major league caliber relief pitchers who are going to see time in this bullpen. Whereas last year, they weren't always major league caliber, if that makes sense. And so that's great. Mike, give us the lineup. Everybody wants to know. Everybody's talking about who wants, who's, who's getting into this lineup. Yeah, well, we're doing this lineup uh, by defensive position, not necessarily by batting order. Nope, Salvador okay. Perez is going to lead off this year. Just mark it, <laughs> all right? Mark it. Uh, we have Salvador Perez starting at catcher. Vinny Pasquantino at first base. Michael Massey gets the nod at second. Michael Garcia, who's had a, a good start to this uh, spring training, at third base. Bobby Wood Jr. at shortstop. MJ Melendez in left. Kyle Isbell in center. Hunter Renfro in right. We have not heard anything from Hunter Renfro. He has not played yet. I haven't seen an interview from the guy, but we got him in right field right now. Uh, Nelson Velasquez at DH. And then um, that leaves Freddie Fermin as the backup catcher. Garrett Hampson as a utility guy. Adam Frazier as an infield utility guy. And then Dyron Blanco as the fourth outfielder. Yes, uh, the outfield is such a confusing mess. <laughs> like, I don't even want to. It's hard to untangle. Is You know, you look at the Christmas lights and you're like, yeah, I'm not doing that today. Uh, you know, because it's just, <laughs> I can't do it. There's too much going on in that outfield right now. Um, obviously waters is not in that group. Uh, he has had a hot start to the spring. He had a hit, he had a home run in his first game. He had a hit today. Uh, you know, and so we'll see on that. Also got I, thrown out at home today. He got thrown out at home, but it wasn't a bad send and it wasn't his fault. That was just a great no, throw. Great throw Hicks by Hicks in yeah. the outfield. Uh, nothing you can do there, but yeah, this, this looks a lot like, the opening day roster to me. I, you know, I was just thinking to myself, how hilarious would it be if they came with a lineup that actually did have Salvador Perez and Vinny Pascantino one, two, it'd be like the slowest one, two in major, major league history. I would imagine like probably, uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> I digress. Yeah. We've seen a hot start from Michael Garcia. We've seen, uh, but this looks like what's going to happen. I mean, the only question really is, is Dyron Blanco going to be the fourth outfielder? I think Michael Massey is going to be the starting second baseman. You know, they might do, I'm, I'm actually really interested to see what kind of rotation they get going in the outfield, because I think the notion of Blanco getting some reps in there to spell Isbell against, against lefties, you know, will Velasquez take the place of Renfro at times? You know, I think the rotation for this outfield is going to be really important. Yeah. I think if anything happens, I think what you probably see is I assume Garrett Hampson has options. And so. I, I could maybe see him getting sent down if they want to keep Waters as a fifth outfielder, which is really your only option because Hampson can play center. Waters can kind can play center if you need him to. You probably move Blanco to center and let him play right. But, you know, that would be the only kind of thing I could see mixing this up. Now, that leaves Nick Lofton off. Nick Lofton's actually had a pretty good start to spring training as well. Um, but, you know, you signed Adam Frazier, you know. You're not going to sign him for that amount of money and cut him. So yeah, 
I think uh, I think you're probably right, Mark. Or I guess I'll go ahead and give us our the just missed list here. It's Nick Lofton, Drew Waters, Nick Prado. Yeah, obviously, and then Logan Porter, a guy who got a lot of time in Major League Baseball last year. Now with Austin Nola, probably not making the roster either. Uh, it looks like those are going to be the guys that just missed. Um, you've got guys like Tyler Tolbert too, other guys that'll be in AAA utility guys. But um, yeah, I think that's probably the I think that's probably the lineup. Yeah, taking a look at this roster as a whole, Mike, are there any big takeaways that you want to maybe compared to the roster from last year or any any big takeaways from how this roster is looking right now? Well, I mean, the, the very obvious takeaway is that, like I said earlier, 60% of your starting rotation is different than what it was at the beginning of last year. And the two guys that are the same will be your four and five starters in Brady Singer and Jordan Lyles. And so, you know, Reagans wasn't here at the beginning of last year. Full season of, of Reagans. You got Michael Walker, Seth Lugo. And then, like we just said, the bullpen is completely pretty much turned over too. There will be two or three guys that pitched significant time in, in last year's bullpen that get uh to be get spots in this bullpen. And they aren't they aren't gonna be pitching the you know high leverage innings either. You know, they're gonna be, you know, Zerpa, long, long guy, uh Hernandez will be kind of a he'll be a, a sixth or seventh inning, seventh inning guy. But after that, who, who, MacArthur, MacArthur's not Will Smith. He's not Nick Anderson. He, Nick Anderson, with the exception of a kind of cactus league double that he gave up today, looked pretty good. I love the curveball. Um, you're not going to see those guys pitching in big leverage situations like they had to sometimes last year. I mean, MacArthur pitched the ninth for part of last year. Yeah. He was um, our closer to end the year at like, the end of the year. Yeah. Job. So, like, and he will, assuming Will Smith and everybody stays healthy, he will not be doing that again. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, he pitched really well, and, you know, I don't want to say that he couldn't do it, you know, but let's give him a little bit more time in the major leagues having success before we're like, all right, game's on you. (laughs) You know, uh, yeah, let's give him a moment that he should have gotten last year, but we were so desperate for pitching that, uh, you know, he had to be our closer. Uh, I want to talk about something, two things. One, I want to take a break for a second just to talk about Cole Reagans and what he did today because I feel like we haven't devoted any time to it. And the guy was so good today. It was incredible. He went out and pitched two innings. He gave up, first off, zero He gave walks, up three hits, and, and I would describe hits. it as dominant. <laughs> yeah, he gave up three hits in those two innings, but I would still describe it as dominant. None of those hits were, like, impressive. And One of them out, was hard hit. He One. struck out five guys. But here's the thing I really want to say about him, and, and, and this is a tweet coming from a guy named Lance Brozdowski, who uh, does something at driveline, basically. He got some data on Reagan's pitching today. And I'm just going to read this tweet word for word because it's insane if you know anything about baseball and advanced metrics. It says, it comes to my attention that Reagan's last strikeout here to Neto, the, the pitch that struck him out, was a 101 mile an hour fastball, right? 101. He's hitting on the his first outing of spring training. Crazy. With 20 inches induced vertical break. 20 inches of... Normally, your, your break isn't as good when you're velocity is going up, right? The slower a, a, a pitch is going, the more it breaks, right? To get 20 inches of induced vertical break at 101 miles per hour is insane. It is like almost not fathomable, right? Like that's how insane Reagan's was today. He was. And and that's incredible. probably why Neto didn't even swing. He didn't, <laughs> the bat didn't, didn't get swing, off his shoulder. Didn't do anything. He was just like, and Zach Neto doesn't strike out a lot. To do. No, he doesn't no. strike out a lot. No. And yeah, he, yeah, it, it it was dominant. I mean, if, two strikeouts in that first inning, and then he struck out the side in the second. 
it was unbelievable. The only person who got a good swing on him was uh, Nolan. We called him Chanel, but they pronounced it like they pronounced it a different Chanel. Yeah, it's like some French French pronunciation. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know. But he had a good swing, and that was it. So yeah, if Cole Reagan stays healthy and can keep this sort of thing up, which I don't know how the human body does that, but if he can, look out. <laughs> Look out in 2024 for Cole Reagans. That's all I wanted to say before we moved on. I do want to say about this roster, I'll be interested to see if it's truly an open competition for that fifth starter spot. Is If it is, I might think that someone like Zerpa or, or Bolin or Veneziano or somebody might be able to beat Lyles out for that spot. And you might see Lyles in the bullpen. That would be an interesting outcome for me. I don't think it's likely, but I could see it happening if it's truly an open competition. If that does happen, do you see Lyles moving into that long roll or that swing roll and Sauer taking more of a true relief roll? I think I think they would want Sauer because he can to stretch himself out a little bit and be able to go two to three innings. But but Lyles would be the long man. Absolutely. Okay. He would be the swing swing starter. And he'd come in and make spot starts too whenever somebody goes down or, or has to miss a start or whatever. He would make those spot starts as well. But I think that it's possible, at least if it's an open competition, that he ends up uh, not a starter. But I don't know if it's actually an open competition. It's one of those kind of things. Royals Weekly is brought to you by Knapp Family Wealth. Mike, can you think of anything more important than securing your financial future? Learning to properly trim a bonsai tree. No. Good, because mine always come out looking phallic. Securing your financial future is one of the most important steps that someone can take for themselves and their family, and Knapp Family Wealth is ready to help you pursue it. This isn't some big faceless corporation we're talking about here. Knapp Family Wealth is run by J.C. Knapp. He's a huge baseball fan, and he's been helping people plan for their financial futures for more than 20 years. He can help with retirement planning so you don't have to work until you're dead. Education planning so your kids learn to read good. Investment management so you get all that money from out of your mattress and get it working for you. Don't spend another day thinking you've got it all figured out, because trust me, you don't. Check out Knapp Family Wealth at knappfamilywealth.com. That's K-N-A-P-P, familywealth.com. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA slash SIPC. The Royals have a full slate of games this week against the Cubs, Rockies, Padres, Mariners, White Sox, A's, Guardians, and Reds with a split squad day in there somewhere. You may have noticed that's eight games, only seven days. They have a split squad game on one of them. Uh, Mike, what are you keeping your eyes and ears on? because we're probably going to have to listen to a lot of these games this week in spring training. Well, first, how does Hunter Renfro look? I haven't seen him at all yet. When he finally gets in there, what does he look like? Is he, uh, how's his timing? I'm a little, you know, the concerns are that the bat has slowed a little bit and, and velocity is not handling it very well. Interested to see that. And then I want to actually see with my eyes, I want to get a chance to see Daniel Lynch pitch. Because that was kind of my big, and we, we talked about this on previous episodes. That was my big, what does it look like at, in spring training, how does Daniel Lynch look out there on the mound? What changes have been made? I've already seen, I mean, I've seen him. Yes, he's gotten bigger, but I want to know what does it look like in command? What does the velocity look like? Reports from his first outing was 92 to 93 on the fastball. If that's the starting point and he's going to build up to, you know, 94, 95, then that's good. If it stays there, he might, he might see some struggle still. And then I want to see my favorite young guys. I want to see Peyton Wilsing and Javier Vaz. I want to see Will Klein and Tyler Gentry. I love watching those guys get to play. 
in major league games and uh, excited to uh, continue to see that with as many, many televised games as I can possibly get. Yes. Uh, Javier Vaz with a great catch to end great the game. Great catch to left field Ran, running toward the line, sliding, great catch ended the game. Uh, Royals played some really close games. To start to, I think what that's the third yeah, all one, one run, run games, game. all one run games. So all far. one run, five, one, four, one, yeah, five, four, four, five, or no, four, five, five, four, one, oh. one, no. Yeah. Wow. Uh, anyway, yeah, great catch from him. Love to see him out there. Uh, I'm looking at young guys as well. I'm looking at Veneziano, Bolin, and Pennington. Those three guys I mentioned, I want to see them pitch more. I want to see what it looks like. Any Anybody can have, like, not anybody. I would do terribly. But <laughs> a lot of guys can have one amazing outing in spring training. I want to see, does it look consistent from Bolin? Does it look consistent from Veneziano? Pennington, does it look like these guys have something that could really be useful to the Major League team this year? I'm also looking at hitters to see if they catch up. You mentioned Tyler Gentry. He looks like his timing's a little bit a little bit off right now, too. Uh, Vinny Pasquantino, his timing looks a little off. I'm just waiting for the hitters to catch up to the pitchers, which will happen probably later this week, at the end of this week coming up, I would imagine. They start finally getting their timing and getting to some of these pitchers, and then you can start to see some real spring training games where it's like 12-10, you know, like I love those. Those are a lot of fun. Uh, so, yeah, that, I'm looking to see if those hitters can sort of find their timing, get in the groove, and look like they're actually ready to uh, to part- compete with some of these pitchers because right now it's uh, pitchers are dominated uh, spring training right now. Although I think did I see uh, the Yankees put up like twenty on somebody the other day or something? I did see something like that. Yeah, yeah. some huge number in that game. We'll end this week's episode like we end every episode with our just a bit outside segment where we talk about something that's interesting to us outside the world of baseball. Mike. Lots of interesting things going on. Your life is very interesting generally. So uh, oh, yeah. what do you got for us this week? Well, I want to talk about the idea that that sometimes disposability is a choice. Okay. For those people who know me, I'm an extremely frugal person. I don't like spending money. You might call me cheap. Sometimes I'm cheap, right? Um, but I think as a society, we've kind of decided that some things are disposable that don't have to be. Right. Uh, I was like wearing loved my, ones. yeah, well, okay. I'm not getting that deep. Not gonna get... <laughs> um, I'm talking about real, just there's stuff. I thought people. you were really, this, I thought this was a lead up of you going, you're no longer my brother, Mark. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> Mark and I have to have a conversation. No. Um, it's, it's about this. Like I'm wearing a shirt today. The, my favorite shirt of all time. I wear it all the time. Mark knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but I've had it since I was, uh, I think I was 16 when I got it. Uh, I'm 38 years old now. And that's a lot of my clothes. A lot of the clothes that I own and wear on a regular basis, I've owned for over five years. Okay. Uh, my cell phone right here. My cell phone is, oh gosh, it's probably seven years old, eight years old. It, it still has a home button. If you're wondering how old it is, it still has a home button on it. Um, my car is a 2012 Honda Civic, you know, the home that I live in is the very first home I ever bought. Like disposability is sometimes a choice. Okay. So don't get rid of stuff. If they it can be fixed, if it can, if it's still working, but you just want to upgrade, really think about what you're giving up when you upgrade. Right. What I often tell people is if you, if I told you, Hey, the car that works right now that you drive every day, instead of trading that in and buying a new car. What if I told you, you can not do that, continue to drive that car until it dies. And then you get to cut two years off of your working life, 
right? You get to retire or wait, you know what? Instead of that, you get the next two years off from work. Okay. Would you do that? A lot of people, for some people, it's a no, no, I would not do that. Okay. That's cool. But for some people they go, heck yeah, I do that. Well, what if I just say, take those two years and put them at the end of your career? Would you still do it? Like, and that's what I really want people to get is like, you can get so much value out of things that you buy that I think a lot of times we aren't getting, you know, and you know, it's a crazy little story here. Uh, I'm a teacher. A lot of you guys know this. Um, we did like a fun day for our students as kind of an incentive for the, for the good grades and, and the good behavior in first semester this year. And one of the stations that we did for them was a video game station. I took in my, the original Nintendo 64 that Mark and I got when we were 10. I don't even no, know. How no we better system ever invented. Great video game system. I took it in to, so that they could play it. I took the PlayStation 3 uh, in that I, I bought from our brother. Uh, shoot. I bought it many, many years ago <laughs> from our brother, uh, probably 10 years ago now, uh, maybe 12. I don't even know. And those kids loved these things. They loved playing a Nintendo 64 and a PlayStation 3 playing, you know, FIFA 2015 or whatever. Um and, and that's the thing, like you can get value out of those things still. You don't have to have the newest and the best and the shiniest because you're going to love it for a week. And then you're going to that high that you get when you buy that new thing, it will come down. And then the, if you think the only way to replace it is to buy something new, that then that's how it's always going to be. So I, I just, you know, I stress to you, hang on to your clothes, treat them well and continue to wear them. You know, I, if you're a fashion person, I get it. Maybe you need to buy new stuff and that's fine. But if you're not, don't think you got to go buy new clothes. Wear the same ones you've been wearing. Don't think you got to buy a new car. You know, we've treat, we treat cars and cell phones like they're disposable items. Like, yeah, I'm done with this one. I'll move on to the next one. Get some value out of it, right? Every day you use this cell phone, you're gaining value. Every, you know, every day you drive that car, you know, you're gaining value on it. And so... I hope people understand that. Let's be a little less disposable. And obviously there's environmental things to this as well, but I'm talking more financial here. You can get a lot of value out of things for a very long time if you truly uh, are intentional and make that your choice. So uh, maybe think about doing that sort of stuff. And I know I do it and 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 I like doing it. I like, I like knowing that I get value every single day I drive my 2012 Honda Civic to work. And that, that makes me feel good. So use value. It's truly underrated. Mm -hmm. use value. Love it. Uh, yeah. Great. Uh, great. Uh, I don't know. Oh, and I haven't had a car payment in like eight years. So great. <laughs> yeah. That's another upside of these. <laughs> no car payment is lovely. I'm talking about, uh, electric bikes this week because Ooh. I've, I've done this thing a couple times now and I just love it so much. Like I was talking to our friend Matt a while back and he brought up this notion of electric bikes and he had, Matt has this certain worldview where he's like, uh, imagine if he, uh, like a grumpy old man, but he's not, he's just our age. Like he's uh, not old. He's just grumpy. <laughs> no, he's just like a grumpy man. And so he's like, you know, you don't need no electric bike. Use your own legs, use your own power and that sort of thing. Uh, which I totally understand that, that, that idea, but I, I love it. Right. So I, I I've been, Today I went out with uh, my partner Riggs and she was like, I want to go run. It's so nice outside. And I was like, I don't want to run, but I'll come with you. And so I got an electric bike and I started like pedaling. And what it does is you pedal and then it gives you like a little electric boost. And it's like, and it's so cool. It's like, you're still doing something technically, but the bike does like 80% of the work. And it's really great. It's just like a pleasant. So it was like 72 degrees outside today. I didn't sweat. 
I didn't like, it was never a struggle. We went probably a grand total of like four miles, I would imagine. Uh, and like, I'm just like electric biking that has a little basket on it. I carry all of our stuff. We, we had like a, a portable speaker going from it and just playing jams. Everybody on the trail was like, Hey, you got the idea. Like somebody's carrying your stuff for you. You're running. I was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, someone getting healthy and someone being a fat, lazy piece of crap. <laughs> exactly. Woo-hoo, America. Right? Like, <laughs> hey, it is America. Hey, I ran four times last week. I'm tired of running. Uh, anyway, I love these electric bikes. I already told myself that when Mike and I retire, we're, I'm going to buy either one of these or like an electric scooter, but I'm leaning towards these actually, just because there's a place to carry stuff and all that sort of stuff. If you haven't checked out any of these electric bikes, the one that I got is from that ride KC thing. It's like an app on your phone. You can just sort of take a bike and then, you know, bring it back or leave it wherever it is. Like a take a bike, leave a bike kind of thing. It's kind of like a take a bike, leave a bike kind of a thing. (laughs) And so, you know, (laughs) you could do it. You could, anybody can do it. You don't have to like own one or anything like that. And so, yeah, I highly recommend it. Let's just trying it out, especially on a lovely day. Like it was today. It's just so much fun to pedal. You can feel like you're doing something without actually having to do very much. It's lovely. Hey, there we go. That's the American dream. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, join us again next week when we come back to talk more Royals or join us midweek. Subscribe to the Substack, royalsweekly.substack.com and hear our midweek episode. For those of you who are joining us then, we'll see you then. For those of us who come back next week, we'll see you then. Until then, be good to each other. And go Royals. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.